As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Does anyone want to read the book I'm writing about murder? It's from the perspective of the knife that goes in the body. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, our 600th episode. Is that a thing? I don't know. Is that a thing? You tell me. It's Thursday, November 11th. I'm Jay Skeets. Alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. What's up, everybody? Hey, Tassie. Got our top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! The international man of mystery taking it to the Max Lielis. Friends. Mm. Last but not least, making the magic happen, it's JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live on YouTube. Make sure you guys have subscribed to No Dunks on YouTube. Take a second to like the video. Comment away live here in the stream team or below the vid after and share the show. Come on, let's get to 50,000 subs by Christmas now. Hey, we got two weeks, buddy. <laughs> two weeks? We got more than that till Christmas. No, till Thanksgiving. You're giving up on your goal already? Yeah, because we're not going to hit it. Realistic guy. <laughs> oh, over ye here. of little faith. Not oh, a chance. Ye of little faith. We're Zero bringing in all the Bulls fans. Bring bringing them in. all in. Yeah. All right. All you Bulls fans, make sure you uh, subscribe to No Dunks. There's a lot of you out there, that's for sure. Okay, 13 games on last night. I think we start with the Pacers. I think that's what you just do here <laughs> on No Dogs. Har, har, har. Oh, um, another fat loss for the Pacers last night. Yeah, that was rough. No, we're going to uh, we're gonna tackle as many games as possible. We won't get to them all, so don't even get me fired up here. Uh, got some questions, though, that'll make us bounce around. And let's just get to it right now. Trey, I'm asking you first. What was the most entertaining game from that very busy schedule on Wednesday night? <laughs> what could it be, Skeetserino? You already know the vibes. The most entertaining game last night came from the most must-watch team in the NBA. Your six-time world champion, Chicago Bulls! It was a fun game, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm giving it most entertaining game of the night for one particular sequence late in the fourth quarter. Zach Levine had gone to the hole, didn't get a foul call, 
Mavs in transition, Caruso with the diving steal, Lonzo with the fastball, 70 feet, and then a 360 two-handed dunk by Zach Levine, immediately starts trash-talking the refs, gets a tee, but it doesn't matter because the Mavericks missed the free throw, the dunk still counts for two points, the Bulls are absolutely back last night, incredible sequence, had Lee Ellis tweeting about it, there's a lot <laughs> happening here, there was, there was three different highlights in a single play. That was the moment of the night, but this was another quality win for doubles. They were in control all night. Levine was pretty good. 23 points on 12 shots. Incredible efficiency. Lonzo was on fire last night. Seven threes for him. A season high 21 points. DeRozan didn't really have it going, but my boy Big Vooch came through. <laughs> picked up the slack. 18 points. Bunch of post-ups late. Felt like the Bulls were making it a point to keep him involved and do what he's the best at, which is something I've been asking for. But uh, perhaps the goat of the Bulls last night was Alex Caruso. 16 points for Caruso. He had 11 in the third quarter. Also had six steals. He's currently leading the league in steals off the bench. Putting together a defensive player of the year candidate. You don't see that off the bench very often, but uh, pretty cool stuff. Post game, literally unbelievable skates. Yeah, I know. Tim Hardaway Jr. said, what can I say? The Bulls are back, man. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Uh, yeah, I was hooting and hollering downstairs. I was happy to have my Sonos Arc uh, set up. Felt like I was there at the United Center. I came back up and I explained to Laura. I'm like, an NBA player actually said that the Bulls are back. Unbelievable. Of course, Caruso replied, thoughtfully, 11 games into the season, I don't think you could say anybody's back. <laughs> He's wrong about that, but he did continue, especially for the prestige of the Bulls. Like, they won three championships in a row, twice. Being back, that's a big statement. But they're back, 100%. Richard Jefferson was on post game last night saying he could see the Bulls in the conference finals. B.A.B., baby. B.A.B. Wow. Do, you hey, think, uh, uh, do you think Tim Hardaway Jr. listens to No Dunks? Is that what's going on here? It's people are wondering if he's in the stream team right now. Are you here? <laughs> I think he is. Yeah. Uh, THJ's been around since the TBJ days, actually, I think. Well, I mean, he knows. I mean, he wants to listen to this podcast. I'm always saying he's going to go for 50 <laughs> points in a game. No one talks about Tim Hardaway Jr. more than us. Uh, sorry, Lee, we cut you off there. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The biggest question, Trey, is where's your sister? Is she going home or was she in town last night? Because, I mean, she hadn't seen Vooch make a bucket. And last night he was absolutely on fire. So where is she? Uh, she is back home, and oh. I, was she watching last night? No My way. guess is no. Yeah. My guess oh. is no on this one, but maybe I'll uh, I'll text her Vooch's line from last night. He actually made over 50% of his yeah. shots. It was wild stuff. Maybe yeah. it was just the Kenzie curse when she was in town. Maybe. You know, she's I not mean, watching. They won. they won all their games when yeah, she but was he, here. He, so. wasn't, he wasn't playing very well. Now she's not watching, and he has that's a, a great point. Game. Maybe that's, that's a great what point. it is. <laughs> uh, Lee... Lonzo hitting seven threes. Is he a beautiful shooter of the basketball now? Because I know he had a lot of problems with the mechanics years ago, but he's worked on it. Uh, and man, he's hitting it with some consistency here. He's a confident shooter of the basketball. That's what I absolutely like about him. He knows that he has to knock those down. I mean, that's really his game. If he can hit that and spread the floor, then he becomes a guy you have to defend on the perimeter. And that is so important for any team's point guard, any team's offense. If you've got guys who you can leave on the perimeter, then it's like you can basically double-team somebody else. But if Lonzo's hitting seven threes like he did last night, that's the only shots he made, then all of a sudden that Bulls offense and his role on that team becomes so much more valuable to them. You know, because... Zach Levine, obviously last year their leading scorer. He's taken a bit of a sidestep this season, even though he's scoring almost the same. But having other guys out there capable of hitting shots, making plays, scoring the ball, having other guys that they can throw the ball to, 
it just makes Zach's game, I think, even better as well. So, yeah, yeah this this was a very, very impressive performance against a team they should beat. Not a great uh, team there in the Mavericks, but still, they went out there last night and they looked convincing. I can see why people were buying into the Bulls last night because it was, it was one of those wins that you don't look at necessarily the opponent. You just say... It almost didn't matter who they played last night when the Bulls played like that. Caruso, I thought, was just fantastic. And uh, it came out, I think, just yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, how the Lakers wouldn't even give him 15 million bucks to come back. All of a sudden, that looks like now the Lakers cheaped out and it's really cost them because Caruso is all energy off the bench. Great defense. Hit threes last night. He's a fan favorite. Uh, Just an incredibly lucky signing, really, for Chicago because... From what Caruso was saying, he wanted to go back to the Lakers. He was prepared to go back. They just wouldn't even give him even uh, you know half decent money. So Lakers miss out. Bulls cash in, and uh, Caruso's been fantastic. Yeah, luckily for Lakers fans, they ended up winning last night. We'll get to their game, but if they hadn't, and you have Caruso with these unbelievable highlights, another great game. Kyle Kuzma, we're gonna get to the Wizards popping off. All these ex-Lakers like putting up great stat lines in quality wins. Uh, they would have been losing their, uh, pulling their hair out like they were Caruso, but they got the victory and we'll get to it. But Tass, most entertaining game. Oh, hold on, for hold you. on, real quick. I got a Kenzie report. Yeah. Didn't watch. Yay, Vucci. <laughs> Yay, Vucci. <laughs> Yay, Vucci. Is she watching right now or did you text her? <laughs> uh, I texted her. Uh, okay. I think she's actually, you know, busy with her job, but yeah. I got to interrupt her to talk about <laughs> Nikola Vucevic, of course. Excellent. It, it is great that DeMar can have a bad game because he's been carrying the team yeah. a lot of the time and everybody else picks it up uh, and uh, the Caruso it's just uh, the evolution I just I don't recognize that guy out there we were going to summer league after summer league years ago seeing a half bald man with a headband playing for the Los Angeles Lakers now he's got veins popping out of his arms <laughs> the, the, the the head is fresh he shaved it obviously he evolved kind of like our looks over time with the starters we all evolved you know, Lee grew a bit of a beard, dropped the glasses. Trey, you know, lost a lot of LBs, grew the beard. Skeets grew a beard. Alex you Russo look identical. You haven't yeah, changed look, at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah some grace. But, uh, yeah, I, picked, I didn't pick up Alex Caruso's bald spot. That'll, that could happen in a few years. But uh, Caruso, man, it, that defense is infectious, right? I mean, that's the biggest thing about him. He obviously makes smart plays on offense. Uh, but how can you not play hard around a guy who's diving in the middle of the floor in November, I, I, it's uh, it is astonishing. I think it's smart not to start him because, you know, that that energy level that he brings is probably not sustainable for 35 minutes as a starter. It's just different. But who gives a f? I mean, he is so so infectious. That D is contagious. And yeah, that was the question with the Bulls. Can it keep up? And uh, yeah, they beat a Mavs team, as you said, uh, Lee, a bad Mavs team. They're seven and four, but a very underwhelming seven and four Mavericks yeah. team. It's kind of shocking. Uh, just with Caruso there, Lee, just to fact check you, uh, I believe, and I saw people saying this in the stream team, the best offer maybe from the Lakers was only $15 million for two seasons for yeah. Caruso. It sort of made it sound like you were saying $15 million for one year the way you uh, right. I, no, I, but, yeah. I thought it, Yeah, I thought it was less than $15 million for two years. That's okay. what I thought I saw. Anyway, the point is the Lakers could have afforded to have kept him and... Gave him away, really did, and uh, they're regretting that now. They could, yeah, they maybe. would absolutely love to have him on their team. He had uh, Stacy King growling on the broadcast last <laughs> night after he had dropped. He dropped a bunch of turn up the AC. That boy is hot, mm-hmm. which is a solid line. Yep. Then he dropped a hot sauce on him, and then you know Caruso hit his third three. 
And I think that Stacey King finally had ran out of lines because uh, like Caruso started like blowing on his fingers, maybe licking on his fingers. And Stacy was just going <laughs> wild stuff, wild stuff. And Skeets, I don't know if you saw this last night. Dashing Donut took home the W. Yeah, about time. For, yeah, it's about time. That guy's just always messing around. He's got the inside track. <laughs> should be piling up the Ws. He should never lose. I'm telling should you. Never you know lose. About track. Where he starts in comparison to these other guys, you know, should be staggered. He's yeah. got way less to run. But yeah, good victory for him. Good victory for the Bulls. Okay, let's keep it going here. Uh, Tass, that was an entertaining Bulls win, no doubt, especially for the Bulls fan here of the group and Trey Kirby. But where do you go for most entertaining game from the 13? Yeah, we needed to start with the Bulls game. That was the winner. But uh, the Cavs-Wizards, the 7-4 and four Cavs hosting the 7-3 and three Wizards, a quite hyped game uh, for Cavs and Wizards fan. Listen, it, this did not live up to the hype that a lot of people had coming into it. But I do want to talk about Evan Mobley uh, just a little bit. I know we've talked about his handling for a seven-footer as a rook, his passing for a big, his defense. But I don't think we're talking about his scoring in the post. He's got some footwork down there, and I think he'll take anybody that comes and tries to guard him, whether it's a big, he can turn around and just fade and hit over him, or he'll power down somebody. You wouldn't think that he can power uh, like, just put somebody underneath the hoop, but he can. I think watching his footwork, he had a three last night. I think he's better than Chris Bosh was in year one, especially defensively and even on the offensive end. I know there's been some ridiculous comparisons to Garnett yeah. and Akeem Olajuwon. He doesn't, have, <laughs> he doesn't have the fluidity of those guys. But I think year one, he looks as good as Bosh did. But anyways, I'm going that route because the game – wasn't all that sexy. What are you talking about? It was a fun ending to this game. Like yeah, Garland hit the floater, put him up four. Kuzma hit no. two huge threes. Yeah, nobody could really score. The, the under a hundred points for each of these teams was a little disappointing. Skeets, I am. Oh, you're always talking about how great the Cavs' defense is. They got these seven footers out there making it difficult. Nothing easy against these two squads. No, same with the no. Wizards. I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed it down the stretch. I mean, I was really locked in on this one. Because, yeah, I thought the Cavs were going to pull this out. I was like, holy crap. When well, Garland hit the up. floater, had the crazy hair. He got the John Morant hair going there. Got it up sort of like in a top ponytail knot there. And, uh, yeah, but Kuzma, man, just two monster three. Beautiful play call from yep. MSL Jr. there with that Beal play. Got into the paint and kicked to the corner, and he sort of wide open and splashed it down. I, I don't know. It was entertaining in the sense, like, the back and forth affair there. Maybe because I'm a Cavs backer and the fact that yeah. they were up nine points with six they minutes left. Won. They shouldn't have given away that game. I think uh, my man Ricky Rubio, I'm on the all-star train, but I think he tried to do a little too much down the stretch. Uh, make make Darius Garland the scorer that he is. He is beautiful. He hit that floater, as he said. He's a really talented dude. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the Wiz came back because Kyle Kuzma outscored the Cavs 12-7 in the last six minutes. He hit four threes, yeah. and he ain't hitting no corner threes, mostly. He's above the break. Just He just lets it fly, gives the guys space out there. So he went off. Yeah, he hit six threes on the night, and uh, Rubio 25-5. and five. But this is sort of uh, a team about their future with Mobley, Darius Garland and Jared Allen and this Wizards team that snapped a cast forward game losing streak that's you know more about the present with all their guys who are supporting Bradley Beal who had a bad night your Montrez Harrell 24 points in 26 minutes that guy could be a six man easily your Spencer mm-hmm. Dinwiddie who's 28 you know it's so they're two different teams but uh, an entertaining match of these teams that no one expected to be 7-4 and 7-3 going into this game uh, yeah fun uh, I guess I was just a little a little sad for my uh, for my Rubio being a little uh, a little FIBA Rubio and it didn't really work out in the end but yeah entertaining for sure 
I loved Kuzma's comments after the game. I don't know if you saw this, Lee. He blamed mm-hmm. the loss on the Cavs fans because <laughs> there was a sign apparently that said LeBron won Kuzma his ring. Yeah, no shit, by the way. Like, <laughs> like yeah. okay, wow. Uh, and uh, you know, so he was getting into it with the fans. They're basically saying he would have never won, and uh, he basically said, post game quote, without LeBron, Cleveland wouldn't be crap. End quote. <laughs> so anyway, uh, maybe that's what got him uh, inspired to knock down all those uh, fourth quarter three pointers. Yeah, and he is confident in himself. He's done that uh, against the Celtics as well this season, where he takes those big shots. He's not afraid to take them, and he's been knocked them down. So well done to him. And Natas mentioned there, Bradley Beal stunk uh, last night. He was really bad for the Wizards. Dinwiddie didn't really have it going. Uh, KCP couldn't hit a shot. So it was Montrez and Kuz who kept them in this one. This one was one of those games where it's like, the Cavs are going to win this one. It might be close, but the Cavs are going to win. But it just came down to that late defensive execution or offensive execution, whichever side of the uh, coin you want to look at here, because the the Wizards got some good shots, knocked them down, and then hung on there. I do say, I think one of the most underrated play-by-play commentators is John Michael there in Cleveland because I like the way he's like, he puts it down. <laughs> you know, any, anytime someone has a big basket or a big move, uh, it's pretty fun to hear. And then with Austin Carr just laughing and giggling the whole time as well. Uh, they, they've got pretty good chemistry, those two. So I thought this one was a good game. I started the night with this one. I was in for the Zards and the Cavs, two of the hottest teams in the Eastern Zards Conference. Zards and the Leers. Zards and the Leers. You know, then you start red zoning around. You think, okay, I think this game, you can see what's going to happen here. But yeah, reeled me back in there in that last quarter. And uh, Coos was in Coos control. And uh, it was great to see and talking trash you see him after that second one looking back just really talking smack to the fans so well done everyone facts those signs were facts you know lebron got koozie's ring <laughs> those signs are facts yeah facts that's what he should have just done he should have done the cole anthony just cole turned anthony, around and said yeah. facts uh and then he hit the three and said lebron you know the Cavs, the cleveland cavaliers team not the city of cleveland the Cavs wouldn't be anything i mean of course lebron won them the championship put them on the map there so uh everyone was speaking true this last night I, uh, I I made the thumbnail for today's show, you know, just to try and get some clicks. Let's be honest, a little clickbait material. Uh, Great job. Ex-Lakers all-star team. And I got a photo <laughs> of Caruso. Job. Got a photo of Kuzma. Montres Harrell would be on there, I think, Tass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Are there other two Lakers? If we were building an ex-Lakers all-star team this season, specifically, that would uh, be in that top five. Who am I forgetting? Trey, anybody come to mind? Did you say Lonzo? No, yeah, jeez, no. Lonzo and who's the fifth one? I mean, Ingram is sort of out. Schroeder. Oh, Julius Randle. Oh, good oh, one, yeah. good one, yeah. Good job. Although, Steve although, hmm. Well, yeah. yeah well, After last night, yeah, well, maybe well, that's well, a match. Well, 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 <laughs> sound like Stacey King up there. <laughs> I was impressed. That last minute, I was impressed with Beal. Like you said, Lee, he didn't have the jumper going. They got him a good look. I think uh, I think maybe the, the Wiz were down one or two at that point. Had a wide open three. Missed it. Still put the ball in his hands, trusting him to make plays. He Ooh. found Kuzma both times. Yeah. Wide open shots from Kuzma. So smart stuff from Beal to make a play when he doesn't have the jumper going. Yeah, Unzel Jr., man, he can drop some stuff. Uh, his ATOs are damn good, and he's giving them a really good chance. And this is, again, they're winning all these games. You said it. Without Beal having to do like a, you know, a 35-point performance every night. This was, he, he's getting a lot of help from a lot of these vets. Uh, a lot of them ex-Lakers. People are saying Jordan Clarkson could be uh, maybe in the mix there, too. He's always good, and he is a former Laker. So there you go. Clickbait. <laughs> Works. Uh, Lee. Who do you got? Uh, which game you got, excuse me, for most entertaining? 
Well, I'm going to the Madison Square Garden for the Knicks and the Bucks because uh, my belief that the Knicks are more comfortable playing on the road than they are at home gained a little more traction last night because, remember, just last Friday, the Knicks had probably their best performance of the season at Milwaukee. They were down 20 early and came back to win by almost 20. It was like a really convincing performance. Well, last night, similar position. Halfway through the third, they're down 24 at home to the Milwaukee Bucks. Fought back. Tied the game at 89. They were still down 18 points with two minutes to go in the third. And Tibbs cracked it with his entire starting lineup. Randall and Barrett especially subbed out. They didn't return. Yep. And Tibbs didn't make a substitution for the remaining 16 minutes of this game. But then when the game was tied, the Bucks rattled off seven of eight threes and got the lead back out to 14 and sort of re-blew out the game. It was a blowout. It was tight. And then they re-blew it out because they just couldn't <laughs> stop hitting threes. Now... This is another one. You can either look at the Bucs and say, wow, incredible execution, or you can look at the Knicks' defense and say, wow, that was really, really bad defense. I think throughout the course of the night, Milwaukee finished 26 for 50 from downtown, and a lot of those felt like guys were not being defended. So, you know, a couple of problems here for the Knicks. At home, of course, that's an area of problem. <laughs> yeah, you keep bringing that up. They can't uh, yeah. win in MSG. They get they can't, there. They can't win in MSG. Their starting unit, uh, and Tibbs actually really addressed this after the game as well, saying these guys have got to get it together. Yeah. He's saying, you know, you need 10 games, and then after 10 games you need 20, and after 20 you need 30. They need to be better because it is that bench unit. Derek Rose, again, he was really, really good for them last night. Uh, you know, they came out and basically saved the game. Emmanuel quickly was good as well. But in the end, kind of a stinky loss from the Knicks to get back in there. There was a controversial overturned call in a late uh, play here. Giannis, was clean, baby. Yeah, it was clean. I thought it was clean, but it was still one of those ones where there was contact, but at the at the sort of point of like where Giannis defended Obi, that was clean, but then there was some sort of uh, contact as well. Sometimes yeah. whenever there's contact, I've seen in the past, they sort of just don't overturn those because they say that's right. It's not usually overturned. That's true. That's right. But it was, uh, and then it was, and again, it was Connaughton, Drew Holiday, I think George Hill hit one, Grayson Allen hit Grayson three. Grayson Allen and it, hit two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, and it turned into a, a very comfortable win in the end for the Bucks. But okay, but here's the question, Lee. Mm. I want Coach Ellis to give his honest answer. Your team's getting punked like last night in front of your home crowd. Get out of here, starters. You're giving me nothing. Hate the effort. You're getting killed. You're not closing out on shooters. Nothing. Bring all the bench in. Wow, here comes the comeback. Oh my God, we're back into it. Oh my God, we're tied. Oh my God, these guys maybe are a little gassed. <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. I go back to the starters to try and close it out? Or these guys have given us a chance here on this Wednesday night. Let them go and see if they can pull off the miracle. Now, that's obviously what Tibbs did, but what would you have done? Same thing? Mm. Or in seeing the fatigue, especially when some of those three start falling late there for the Bucks, maybe you go back to the starters. What are you doing? I think Tibbs was like, I need to either win this game or get close enough that we were in within one or two possessions to really send a message to the starters to say, look, these guys mm. are bringing it. Right. But it backfired. It backfired because they got, you know, they lost by, was it 12 in the end or 14? Yeah, I can't 12, quite remember. 12. Yeah. Um, but, and I think that's what it was, is Tibbs was like, these guys need to know. They need to almost be a little bit embarrassed, humiliated at home in front of their own fans. I'm running with the second unit here because Obi Toppin, I thought, had some really nice plays. He's got nice hands around the rim. You know, there was a nice play there from Rose where he lobbed it in there and Obi on his opposite hand finished nicely. He's pretty athletic. So, you know, they've got they've got a good group of players. It's just they can't get them all playing together 
in their roles at the right way, uh, at the, you know, at the moment. So I'm not sure what he does. Fournier wasn't good. Kemba wasn't good. Randall, not good either. Mitchell Robinson, I mean, I'm just I'm just la- naming guys now. But that's I don't care what he did. I'm asking you what you would do. <laughs> yeah, You're saying, I, do you leave the guys that got you back in the game out there, even if they are fatigued? Now, people yes. in the stream team pointing out, does Tibbs know what fatigue means? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. this guy usually runs guys into the ground, so maybe he doesn't even think about that. But would you, you yeah. know, that's, that's Co- the coaches- question. Yeah, coaches like to reward the guys that got them back into yeah, the game. Okay. So I, I would have stayed with them. I was just like, all right, let's go with this unit. We're doing it well enough here. Um, and because if they lose anyway by coming back with their starters, everyone will say, Tibbs, you should have just rode oh, out the, those bench guys. So he couldn't win either way. But uh, fun. Oh, my God. that When the Knicks are coming back, that is – and then it was the same in Chicago, although not that the Bulls necessarily were coming back like that, but the crowd just going crazy after every basket. You just want to be there, don't you? You want to be there, front row. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I mean, I was actually furious with, I guess, the Bucks in a way. You know, there's so many games on. I didn't start with this one. You see the Bucks up huge, Tass, and you're like, all right. Well, there's one game I probably don't have to worry about tonight. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't believe it. I tweeted. I was like, the hell did the Knicks get back in this game? What the again? The Bucks gave up another twenty point lead to this team in like less than a week, uh, and then I'm, then I'm there. Then I'm watching it late down the stretch, and the Bucks hitting all these threes. But I don't know if the same happened to you. Well, yeah, definitely. I definitely wanted to tune out. This was like uh, blowing up a balloon for the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, you you get you start it up, <laughs> you get there, and then you try and tie it up. You try and finish it off, and then all the air just fizzles out of. And you gotta re-blow it up again. And they re-blew it up. Have you ever have you ever screwed up and not been able to blow up a balloon like that? Like the air comes out of it. And then just not not done it. Just just gave up. Just gave up. Never. I never would allow that. I would right. always go back. Even as as much as it kills my head to re-blow up a balloon, I'd go get it. And you know, tying it's tough. I often go to my wife, you tie that thing. Uh, but yeah, they re-blew it up. It was a really, really weird game. I'm fine with Tibbs saying four minutes left in the third quarter. This is my last substitution. Mm. This is Kemba and Fournier. They've got to do a better uh, job of setting the tone at the beginning of the game and making things happen. It's it's the same problem they had last year. It's an interesting one. Um, you know, Randall obviously made everything happen, but I just mean their backcourt had to go to the bench. Always their backcourt had to be picked up by Derrick Rose. And uh, I think there's a reason why they signed Nerlens Noel to a, a deal that's way too big for a backup center to be backing up Mitchell Robinson. They're just scared Mitchell Robinson's going to get hurt. Uh, you know, n- not convinced that he's going to be a starter. You know, alongside their Julius Randle in the front court. So uh, yeah, bring it, bring it all the way back. I got no problem playing 14 minutes or 16 minutes, I guess, of uh, of bench players. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Okay. People wanted to know if you were doing ASMR there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did sound yeah, a little bit. I've been watching that for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you into right I'm now? Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you fall asleep with basketball games in your ears, in, in bed. <laughs> I have. Yeah, I don't like to, but I have yeah. for sure. Yeah, you know, the eyes get heavy during a commercial break. Yeah. Suddenly Some you're t- sleeping. I know. Sometimes I'm doing the same thing. I'm just peering into a phone in my bed. I just oh, want to go to bed. I just want to go to bed, but I'm watching basketball. So do I? Do I have another phone or another device with an ASMR in my other ear or something? You know, to get get me snoozy at the same time. I don't know. I don't want to fall asleep to Eric Collins and Del Curry. I just don't. 
No. But so it has nightmares, isn't it? You could not fall asleep to Eric Collins. No. It's impossible. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, well, actually, the late game is my most entertaining game. Now, I didn't watch it last night. <laughs> By that point, I was all basketballed out. But this morning, saw the score. I'm like, ooh, this looks exciting. So I fired it up. Lakers holding off the Heat, 120 to 117 in overtime. Now, unfortunately, the Heat lost Jimmy Butler in the first half to a sprained right ankle. But they had a nine-point lead, less than five minutes to go in regulation, and the Lakers stormed back. Uh, This one was some crazy shot-making, especially from like Malik Monk, uh, Avery Bradley. They were instrumental in them getting back there. The Westbrook experience, Lee, oh, just (laughs) chef's kiss. Like He had it all last night, the Westbrook experience, because... He missed a three at the end of regulation that would have won it. Russ just needs to stop taking threes when the game is like on the line. I think mm-hmm. he's six for 38 in his career on potential go-ahead threes in the final 10 seconds of the game. Just stop taking threes. Get in there. Because Westbrook made two consecutive jump shots in the final minute. 52 seconds, 27 seconds left. Uh, gave LA the lead late in this. Go with that. Not the threes there, Russ. And again, he had a triple-double, monster line, 25, 14, and 12, but had eight turnovers, a lot of them sloppy. I mean, it is just the incredible Westbrook experience in this game. But the Lakers pulled it off, and mm-hmm. I saw Hollinger tweet this morning, this is a pretty good, like, keep-the-ship-floating type of win for the Lakers in the sense that they're very shorthanded. I mean, no LeBron is playing. He's not playing. They're facing a good team, but they got really good contributions from those secondary guys. Like I said, Monk and Bradley. Bazemore hit a crazy shot in this one. And here they are, 3-0 and in overtime games uh, this year. And it would have been a different narrative had they had lost this, I think, especially with Jimmy going out and all these other Lakers, ex-Lakers playing well like we talked about. But they, they got it done. Uh, just a, a wild and very entertaining game. Tyler Hero had some great looks to, uh, you know, tie or win this too. And it was uh, some funny shot making. Go ahead, Lee. Yeah, well, and Russell Westbrook had a classic doinker off his own teammate there last night he with did. Anthony Davis. Just rocketed off his scone there. Uh, that was great. But yeah, you, you, you know, you mentioned, it, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, 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 the two shots there. I think he had a layup as well against Tyler he Hero, where, where it's like, that's exactly what Westbrook should be doing. Using his athleticism, his size, his speed. Tyler Hero, you know, fantastic offensive player, but he's a very, very small guy in comparison to Westbrook. And Westbrook can just beat him to the rim. And that's what he needs to do. He does not need to settle for those three-pointers because no one has confidence in Russ at this stage of his career that he's going to be able to knock those down consistently. So, yeah, this was actually a very important win for the Lakers because they have had a fairly soft schedule, tons of home games, 12 of their first 15, and they needed to pull one out against a good team Albeit Jimmy did miss the second half there with the injury, yeah. but still, you know, they—they they, it was close enough. PJ Tucker, by the way, oh. to hit the game-winning put-back dunk and backboard slap, I believe as well. Like, where did he get those hops from? I haven't seen PJ up for a two-handed, two-footed dunk uh, in forever. Somebody says that's he that. hasn't dunked since 2018. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. If that's, true. <laughs> that's, that's what right. I heard. Yeah, that's what yeah. I heard on the daily. Ding. <laughs> ding it up, yeah. baby. Theathletic.com slash no dunks to subscribe to The Athletic and get the daily ding ad free. Great stuff. I also like what Anthony Davis said post game. We talked about ways we could cut down on Russell Westbrook's turnover. Then he looked at the stat sheet. He says he had a triple double. He did have eight turnovers, but at least he didn't have a quadruple double, which is a pretty <laughs> funny line. So I guess eight nice turnovers save. better than 10 turnovers. Yeah. Um, also, Dwight Howard. Fouled out in 11 minutes. Six fouls in 11 yep. minutes. You mentioned the P.J. Tucker dunk. 
And there was a great moment late in this one when Tyler Hero had to tie his shoe. And it took forever. And Mark Jackson is like, he's got to work on his tying shoes speed, which is a funny line to begin with. Then Mike Breen asks him, when did you learn to tie your shoes? And Mark Jackson said he didn't learn how to tie his shoes until he was 15 years old. Oh, come Somebody in the stream team, when Tass was talking about balloons, said they took them until they were 28 years old to learn how to tie a balloon. I don't know what's worse. I think 15... <laughs> trying your shoes probably but. yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. but uh some good stuff so yeah certainly an entertaining game and a great win for the lakers to beat a team that we've been saying maybe has been the best team in the league so far yeah i think that that might be three straight losses for the miami heat um if i have that right yeah. i know they're on a bit of a losing Utah streak here and denver yeah they played yeah. good teams like don't get me yeah. wrong but uh you know falling back a little bit okay we gotta pick up the pace here with these other questions <laughs> jesus christ that was our first question uh you so guys, let's... you guys are lying though hold on. i'm gonna be really yeah. quick here skeets entertaining game mike breen had to pull out a fake bang, bang. In the that's first hilarious four minutes. yeah nobody could score yeah. <laughs> it's great because no one could score for the first four minutes of the game that was my cue to go okay to let me say i this am then. watching this clank fest over and over and over recommend you watch the condensed version of this oh yeah no yeah. for sure that was Defin- that was definitely more entertaining than maybe we'll sit there for for two and a half time. hours okay best individual performance is the next question again we got to pick up the pace uh, that's on me that's my bad task who do you got what do you got you got four chatties over here Skeets. Oh that's goodness. how we roll uh, i'll go to the first espn game Battle of number one versus number two in the draft this year kate cunningham versus jalen green they had a great battle at Summer League, and Jalen Green takes this thing extremely personally that he wasn't picked number one, and he dunked past Cade Cunningham in the third quarter and started yelling at him, and it's great. This number one, number two, such a great juxtaposition because Cade, smooth, buttery, no ups, no downs, won't yell, while Jalen Green just wants to yell at him. And uh, post-game, Cade was asked about you know Jalen Green going by him and dunking on him sort of dunked by him I by say. him yeah 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 Kate said it was just all for the cameras I felt like so I wasn't really tripping on anything I was just trying to play the game that's Cade smooth cool collected and Jalen Green is the absolute other way and the Pistons you know have struggled out of the gate Cade has really struggled through his first four games this was game number five through his first four games 11 points on 23 percent shooting but this was his best game here nationally televised game uh he got his first 20 point game and he scored in clutch time which was really really big he hit a big three a few minutes left and then under two minutes left the drives and and he does it at his own pace he's never really really going it doesn't appear to be quick it's it's kind of luca like never out of control he went left spun right and scored on a really good defender in jay shot tate uh and that was the end of it uh, and and the pistons got a win but I think both teams are really happy. Cade having his best game, 20 points, four threes. And this is wild. He currently leaves rookies in scoring in clutch time situations, which is within five points in the last five minutes of a game, with four points per game. I know it's really low. <laughs> but but in those situations, he's actually eighth overall in the whole league scoring points in clutch time situations, which sounds really dumb, shooting 60%. He's just... Playing well in the last few minutes, even though his stats haven't been that great. But you look at Cade, um, this was th- this was a perfect game for him versus Jalen Green. Another good game for him, why a lot of people pick Jalen Green as uh, the guy who could win Rookie of the Year. 
not a great efficiency, but that's uh, that's why people picked him. They thought they were going to, including me, they thought he was going to get a lot of points. He did get up 23 points in 38 minutes, so he scored more than Cade Cunningham. But Cade led his team to a victory. So finally a really good uh, Cade game, and uh, this could yeah. be a battle, Cade versus Jalen, for uh, a long time. I mean, it's going to be a discussion anyways, one versus two, and Jalen's going to be around uh, with that hair flopping around for a long time. They're both really solid, but both very, very different. I hope we get Jalen Green in the dunk contest if we get a good dunk contest <laughs> this All-Star weekend because holy crap, that kid flies. Oh, my God. Because it was a nice dunk. It wasn't on him by any means. Like you said, he blew by him, but oh, he is springy. Uh, Trey, who you got? Best individual performance. Well, I'm no travel agent, but even I know the best time to book a flight to Wiggins Island <laughs> is when he has one of his old teams on the schedule. Yep. Timberwolves came to Golden State last night, and Wiggins was balling. 35 for Wiggins, including, oh, sorry, four rebounds, three threes. He made his first 10 shots and had two monster dunks, both on Carl Anthony Towns. He had a baseline hammer off the dribble in the first half and a tip dunk late in the second half. Post game, they asked him which of his dunks he liked better. Just started laughing and said, I like both. They were both on cat. Pretty good line. Uh, but uh, which did y'all prefer from Wiggins? The off the dribble one or the tip dunk? Oh, dribble they're both hammer. Good. Yeah, yeah. Which one? Which the one dribble you... hammer. You know, yeah, kinda... the one where you turned into like the Michael Jordan logo for a second. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. he had like the perfect pose as he went baseline. I love <laughs> the that. Perfect one. Yeah. pose. Yeah. yeah. But uh, if uh, Wiggins could play his former team every night. We would all be flying to Wiggins Island. Yeah. The guy averages 19 and a half points per game for his career. Solid. But he averages 26 a game against the Timberwolves, who traded him to the Warriors. And he averages 24 per game against the Cavs, who traded him to the Timberwolves. Those are his top two opponents for scoring in the NBA. That is next level pettiness. That's why they call him Maple Jordan Skeets. You know, he's looking <laughs> right. for this motivation everywhere. Right. Uh, also in this one, in this game, a couple of more great Gary Payton, the second dunks. This oh, guy can yeah. fly. So oh it, was a, it was a dunk fest last night for the Warriors. Yep, good win. All right, Lee, let's keep it going here. What do you got? Well, uh, when I was a kid, one of the first games I ever saw was the Charlotte Hornets. And this guy, Del Curry, came off the bench and had 31 points. And he didn't miss a shot. And I was like, man, this guy can shoot. There's a kid somewhere whose first game he ever saw last night was the Memphis Grizzlies and the Charlotte Hornets, and a guy came off the bench for the Charlotte Hornets and hit 37 points and hit seven for nine threes, and he must think this guy is the greatest shooter the game's ever seen. It was Kelly Oubre, who just was unbelievable last night. But this was a game neither team could afford to lose, and the Grizzlies lost it. And this one, I mean, even if you love offense, you probably aren't going to love this game a lot because there was just no defense at all, this one. People were just shooting freely. There was so much, so many easy opportunities and easy looks, and the uh, Hornets won it. I mean, they, both these teams are desperate for any win they can get. They can beat each other, but it was a pretty ordinary performance. Jamarin had 19 in the first quarter. Uh, and that was about it for him after that. Um, the Hornets and Kelly Oubre were just too good for them, which is not a lot of teams can say that against uh, the Charlotte Hornets this season. So that's the way it was. Kelly Oubre, 37 points, the most ever for a Charlotte Hornet off the bench. Uh, seven for nine threes. Look great out there. And that's why the Warriors paid $85 million or whatever it was for him last season. Kelly Oubre can deliver. Uh, and he did last night. 
It's sort of a sad thought to think a kid out there thinks Kelly would break the But I get you. I get you. Um, there are lots of honorable mentions for this question, like best individual performance. A lot of them came in losses, if we're being honest. Anthony Edwards popped off for 48 points. 48! And it's like the, I don't know, seventh, eighth biggest story from last night in the NBA. But it came in a loss. 48's huge, though. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, my pick for most improved probably not going to happen but 33 10 and 4 in a loss good game De'Aaron Fox had by far his best game of the year you guessed it in a loss he went for 37 but I'm going to go with Kevin Durant he basically uh he almost pitched a perfect game last night he had 30 points only played three quarters because they crushed the magic on 11 to 12 shooting he was operating at the free throw line And I don't mean getting to the free throw line and hitting free throws. I mean just getting to the corners around the free throw line and either giving us his best Dirk, one-legged fadeaway, or just rising up over whoever. Be it Bamba, Okiki. It didn't matter, of course. It's Kevin Durant. He can shoot over everybody. It's just so smooth. New ball, who cares? It doesn't matter to him. These new rules, it doesn't matter to him. Like He is just... I mean, he is on the very, very short list as of the greatest scorers in history. He truthfully is. According to Nets Daily, the only player in franchise history to shoot a higher field goal percentage in a 30-point game was Buck Williams <laughs> on Christmas Day in 82. I would have got that. Yeah, I wasn't even going to ask you guys <laughs> no. that one. No offense. Uh, but... He was, he was amazing. He's leading the league in scoring at 29.5 points per game. He's shooting 59% from the floor, 40% from three, 83% from the line. And Brooklyn's won six of their last seven, and they proved to eight and four. And, you know, we're not really talking about him all that much. Maybe it was the slow start. Harden finally starting to find his groove. He's starting to say he's uh, getting his bounce back. Of course, no Kyrie. But all these guys could talk about after the game was LaMarcus Aldridge, who went off for 21 points, uh, 9 of 16 shooting from the floor, and 3 of 5 from three in his very limited minutes there for Brooklyn. So just KD... 11 for 12. I mean, and none of the, like, I think there's maybe one or two inside Lee. Like, they're all, yeah. they're all jumpers or threes. This is the other thing. It's not like, you know, it's, and I'm not, this is not a knock against them by any means. Like, a Jared Allen goes 11 for 12, and everybody's like, wow, that's awesome. But, okay, they're generally lobs and dunks and, like, one foot from the rim. It's a little different when a guy goes 11 for 12, all basically off the dribble, pull-ups over guys. Mm-hmm. It's He's just special. We don't need to, you know sit here and talk 10 minutes about how great KD is, but he's my pick. Yeah. But last year when he came back, you know, after the Achilles injury, it was like, will there be a little bit of uh, a transition time? And there wasn't. And now that he's, you know, he's, he's got a whole season under his belt. He's looking so much better. He was obviously at the Olympics as well there. You wouldn't know this guy had an Achilles injury. And uh, considering a lot of players at the age that he suffered it, you know, almost never come back at all. Instead, he's mm-hmm. that shot is looking so smooth and so beautiful and uh, indefensible, undefensible. Whichever one it is, it's uh, tough to tough to stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay, final question. Biggest WTF from last night. Try to get us started. Well, Frank Kaminsky was lucky enough to take home a mini winner of the weekend on Monday. Tass had the quote. Frank said, I'm not the most athletic guy in the world. I don't think that's a secret, but I've always been able to affect the game with my mind and how I see things. It's always been a strength of mine. That big, beautiful brain was working <laughs> overtime last night. A career-high 31 points for Frank the Think Tank against the Blazers. <laughs> and if you're wondering how you score 31 points with your mind, watch the highlights of Frank Kaminsky. 
Zero dunks. The guy's seven feet tall, but this was a dinker clinic. The play-by-play data shows 10 jump shots or layups from 10 feet or less. It's all floaters for Frank the Floater. Most of them were right over the top of Norman Powell, who's he, he's got, you know, about eight inches on. Or there was a couple of times when Norman Powell would be stuck guarding Frank Kaminsky in the post. Frank put him in the blender, had Norm looking like it was the first time he'd ever seen a post move. Suddenly, six straight wins for the Suns. Frank Kaminsky has been in double digits for five of them. I don't know what our most improved player table looks like. Yeah, who knows? But I am willing to invite large Frank wow. there. Oh, wow. That guy's balling right now. Yeah. Yeah. He left He left a floater in the Frank the Toilet Tank. Uh, okay, Kaminsky. I mean, yeah, we could have included him for uh, individual performance. There was career high, 31. And you're right. Suns are uh, racking up the wins here suddenly after a very slow start to their year. Tass, what about you? Biggest WTF from last night. Well, I just thought the guys hitting threes was a little bit nuts. And I think we've mentioned all of them. Four guys hit seven threes last night. And I just didn't expect Pat Connaughton to be burying threes <laughs> sure. uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. He had a career high, seven threes. Lonzo Ball, his only seven baskets beyond the arc. He tied his career high with seven threes. He should have beat it, too. His last one was seven minutes left in the third. He had a whole quarter and a half to hit one more. Didn't have any tied his career high. Anthony Edwards as well. His career high is actually eight from last year. The guy shoots at 48 points on the night. And then Kelly Oubre tied his career high with seven threes. And he kind of, you know, lost his shooting touch, as, as Lee mentioned, with the Golden State Warriors last year. But he's found it off the bench, feeling good, career high in three-point percentage. So those four guys hitting seven threes, Connaughton, Ball, Edwards, and Oubre, shocking. And then Grayson Allen's six as well. But, uh, no, you know, not a huge number. You can, you got to get to double digits to really make the headlines. But those guys... Surprising. Pat Conton playing so well. Obviously, Ball, Edwards, and Oubre. They're not just hitting shots. They're also playing well. My biggest WTF from last night, the Raptors' effort versus the Celtics. They uh, they got sort of embarrassed. They trailed from start to finish. Celtics won 104-88. Boston did not even play all that well in this game. I mean, Tatum had the double-double, but he shot 8-24. of No Jalen Brown. And the Raptors sort of got embarrassed. It was like their one of their worst like efforts I've seen Tass in a long time. And I'll leave it there because I'm going on the Raptors show later today at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet Fan 590 if you want to listen to me talk to, uh, I believe, William Liu. And um, I think Blake Murphy's coming on too. So I'll just leave it at that. But like it was, it was brutal. And I felt icky after watching it. I was like, <laughs> what a waste. There's so many good games on. I put a lot of time into this one, of course, being a Raptors fan. But horrible and i don't know what's going on with their center position no chem birch really hurt because that means precious is making dumb mistakes boucher's making dumb mistakes weird weird season here for the raps as they fall back to six and six but we'll leave it at that lee take us home though biggest wtf for you well the new orleans pelicans set a uh, league record last night five technical fouls in one quarter the second quarter uh <laughs> yeah the pelicans yeah, the Pelican, and they were all within about a three-minute period there. Uh, they're obviously beyond frustrated. No Brandon Ingram last night. Playing against the Thunder, another team that they could beat, but they couldn't beat them last night. The Thunder actually won this one fairly comfortably, but uh, it's unraveling very quickly there in New Orleans. It's now, it's. I mean, the season's already done. There's, there's yep. no recovery from here. It's just what can they do to sort of save face now uh, and get some sort of, you know, obviously Ingram's got to come back first if they can get something out of uh, Zion Williamson, but they're already in the tank there's no no hope for them for this season uh and just another embarrassing home loss last night for them 
Yeah, 1 and 11 mm. now for the Pelicans. And what impact will this have on even Zion returning, is what I start wondering. Like, Well, yeah, he's got to play, of course, as first, I think. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just bad because even with Zion, I don't think they're that much better than they are right now. You know, that's the thing. This team isn't all that good. They're just not convincing. I mean, Devontae Graham, of course, came over. Uh, they've got Alexander Walker and Jonas Valanciunas, but they just don't seem to be able to get stops or put any pressure on the other team. So, yeah, it, this is a, a bad season already for the Pelicans. And, and this, it couldn't happen in a worse city with an NBA team, too, if we're being right. honest here, right? Exactly, because, yeah. Because, you know, they are, they are not a big market. They don't care all that much for this team, maybe even when they're decent. And then when you're 1-11, you're not getting anybody out there to the Smoothie King Center, if that's what it's still called. I don't even know if it's called that anymore. <laughs> I, think that, I think so, Is yeah. it still the blender? Yeah. Um, I saw last night, Lee, did you see my tweet? I, I think it was um, Mason Ginsburg. You could buy floor seats wow. for $100. There, and I checked. <laughs> they're $100, and you were wow. like third row. I mean, I know it's the Thunder in town versus uh, your team at the time is 110. And, and of course, no, no Zion and, and, you know, no Ingram and all that. I get that. But, wow. Yeah. Like, it's already happened. You're hearing a lot, unfortunately, for Pelicans fans. Like, get them out of there. Moving yeah. to Seattle. I mean, you're, that's, it's only going to get louder and louder if, the, if the, lo- the losses keep piling up to us. But 100 bucks, man. We should have flown down there. Yeah, I can't believe it. I thought it was going to be a shorter drive than seven hours. So seven's not bad. We can take turns. You got to you got to watch a Pelicans game though when you get there. Uh, well, that's that the tough suck. part. Thirtieth in defense, twenty sixth in offense. Other than that, things are going great. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Take I would WT. pay a hundred dollars, uh, but I just wouldn't want to be sitting on one of those blue seats. You know, they have them like a checkerboard, <laughs> blue, gray, blue. The blue is yuck. Okay. Give me <laughs> You'll a demand gray. what color seat you, <laughs> you can the you know what? there's probably a lot of empty ones you can uh, yeah, take you your can pick, pick to us yeah there's okay not a, there's not a willie green one i feel bad for willie green head coach of the pels mm. he's not doing a bad job I and mean, they work what, what else feel bad for somebody feel bad for valentunas yeah. <laughs> they like, have been like... they have been up in a bunch of fourth quarters and then it just implodes for mm-hmm. them. They just can't close games. So the, the record would be far different, I think, with Big Z was around and if mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Ingram was healthy yeah. as well. I mean, they're missing Brand, 25 points from Brandon Ingram. So it's, yeah, it's just a terrible season right now. Okay, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're talking about Scottie Pippen. We're talking about coaches and whether or not they should go back to wearing suits on the <laughs> sidelines. And we're talking about celebrity boxing matches. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. Back with no dunks. Everybody okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chilling. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the up-down report. Preparing your tumbies. It's the up-down oh. report. Yeah, let the beat drop on that Sonos beam. Hear the up-down report music coming in your cans right now. Okay, first one here. I don't know. Uh, Scotty Pippen continued his tirade against Bulls legend Michael Jordan on Monday, questioning whether Jordan's flu game was all that impressive. Pippen was asked about playing through a back injury during the 98 NBA Finals against the Jazz. Pippen said he would have not played if the series went to a Game 7 due to a herniated disc. The conversation then turned to Jordan's flu game in 97, the year before. Pippen made a direct comparison between the two ailments, saying, quote, I don't see many bad back games, but I do see flu games. Flu! Come on! <laughs> End quote. So, our first one, up or down, on Pippen criticizing Jordan's flu game. Let's, uh, let's first hear from the Bulls fan himself, Trey Kirby. Big time thumbs down, Skeets. Scotty's just got to take a break here. There's nothing to be gained by this. He's doing himself no favors. I agree. <clears throat> playing through a herniated disc is probably tougher than playing through the flu or food poisoning, but people don't talk about the flu game because Michael Jordan was sick. They talk about it because he had 38 points and hit the go-ahead three-pointer in the final minute. That's why it's a legendary game, not just because he was sick. Scottie Pippen had eight points in his bad back game. If he has 38 to clinch the title, guaranteed he's the story, but that seems to be the problem uh, for Scottie Pippen. John Greenberg really nailed it over at The Athletic talking about Pippen's new book, Unguarded. Everybody's the main character in their own life, but when Michael Jordan is your teammate, in your basketball life, he is probably going to be the main character. And that just seems to not sit well with Scottie Pippen at this point. When he's offended, he lashes out publicly and says a bunch of stuff that he's going to take back later. Unguarded is honestly like chapter after chapter of somebody pissing off Scottie Pippen, him requesting a trade, and then taking it all back. If you've seen the prologue excerpt that's been getting around at this point, that's the whole book. He saw The Last Dance. There wasn't enough Scottie Pippen in it, so he wrote a book about it. Pretty early on in this book, he has a line. The press made my trade request into a big deal, which I suppose it was. (laughs) (laughs) I could have chosen my words more carefully, and I probably didn't help my cause by going public. I was frustrated. I didn't know what else to do. I didn't really want the Bulls to trade me. This was in the 1989-90 season. We've had 30 years of Scottie Pippen talking like this. I empathize with him because... I don't know. It's just got to be a tough spot for him where he's one of the 50 greatest. He's one of the 25 greatest, but Michael Jordan is one of the three greatest. And they were obviously teammates to me. It's honestly like Vin Diesel fighting with the rock. You know, Scotty keeps saying Michael Jordan would have been, would not have been Michael Jordan without me. That's sort of the same. Like Vin Diesel being like, I came up with fast and furious. Fair enough, man. That's true. Scotty Pippen, you were integral to the bulls winning a championship, but Michael Jordan is the rock. We love The Rock. Bring back The Rock. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, Lee, I know you've had a chance to read uh, Pippin's new book here, Ungarden, which was surprise, surprise, recently re- recently released, and which is why we're getting these like fire Pippin takes here, maybe to help sell some books. Uh, what, what do you think? Are you uh, in agreement with what Trey's saying? Yes, I'm. I'm thumbs up with Trey. I'm thumbs down on Scotty, and uh, it's really tough for me because anyone who knows this show knows that you know that late 80s early 90s when I started following the game you know Scotty I I loved Scotty and I thought he was an incredible Robin to Jordan's Batman but he doesn't want to be that he's sort of claiming that he's really Batman and Jordan's kind of Robin that he was a better all-round player he was a better teammate so he was in that sense more important to the Bulls which nobody believes at all he sounds like a he sounds like a jilted lover who's like, well, you know what? Uh, he made the last dance, so I'm just going to get my shots in here in the book. But it's it's kind of dumb because there's, you know, and, and maybe Jordan doesn't win six championships without Scotty, but Jordan was winning a couple, even if I was his teammate there for a while, because he was so good. And Scotty... <laughs> Michael think, Jordan has said that he doesn't win six rings without Scotty. Right. This is, this is the weirdest part of all of it. Yeah. And Pippen going into the Hall of Fame has MJ as, as his presenter, talk about all the moments that they cherish together, how he's a great teammate. And then, yeah, and then, and and now he's pissed. And, and it sounds like a big part of it being the last dance because it was all about Jordan and he took yeah. offense to that. But yeah, go ahead. But he's, he's just kind of ranting as well, where it's like, he, he, he sort of, he contradicts himself so much in the book where he's like, uh, you know, all the, all the supporting cast was so good and so important. But then he'll say a couple of days, a couple of pages later, but then Jordan had these games where he was like, I'm not losing. I'm going out for 50. No one could stop him. He was just impossible to stop. And we would just sit around and watch him. And it's like, okay, so he's yeah. sort of, you know, he was that good. And uh, it, just, it, it really doesn't help Scotty at all, this book. It, it, in fact, if anything, it makes him just look, worse and really someone who was bitter when honestly I mean he was a great player a great teammate but he was not Michael Jordan and uh, unfortunately for Scotty he looks like an asshole right now really he should have just stayed quiet and I understand the last dance I understand that uh, other players as well didn't like the way it was characterized because Michael had the final say and everything fine but now he's trying to sort of you know he's trying to take more credit than he was due and more influence than uh, than he was probably you know deserving of. So anyone who saw though, though knows Scotty was a great two way player, incredible defensive player, great offensive player. But you know you, you're just not Michael Jordan, and you're never going to be close to him, really. Tass, anything to add? Well, yeah, this seems to be about the last dance, and uh, Scotty just shouldn't have got involved in it, really. I, I, you know, uh, Michael saw what was going on with LeBron James. And that he was being labeled as the goat in some circles. So his response, uh, let me remind the kids how good I am. How about a 10-part documentary where, which shows that I am the best? That was Michael's brainchild. And Scotty should have just known that uh, it was going to be all about Scotty. And it wasn't going to put him in the exact light that he wanted. There was a lot on Scotty in, in the doc. Uh, there, there was a good amount on him. It's interesting. The doc is very, very good. I would say the second most interesting part beside Michael Jordan was about Scottie Pippen. Uh, and that's the way the Bulls were. So if he didn't want to be involved, if he didn't want to uh, be, you know, second in the limelight, he shouldn't have got involved because the 90s were about MJ. And now the 2010s or 2020. When did that thing come out? 2020. 2020? Yeah. May. Yeah. yeah. It's all blur. Yeah, it was 2020 <laughs> for sure. Um, he had to know that that was going to be about MJ. He had to. And so it just seems like he's just angry about that in particular, which I get. But I don't know. Where's your 10-part doc? 
Do I it. mean, maybe we're overthinking this. The guy needs money right now, wants money, has a book coming out. So let's just say a bunch of dumb shit, get a bunch of headlines, drive up support for maybe buying the book or people talking about it at the very least like we are. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, but a- why isn't he coming on the show then? If he wants to do publicity, if he wants to do media... Come on. All right. No ducks. The offer's there. We can talk about the uh, Bulls' heyday all day there, Scotty Pippen. This is the, that is the weirdest part, though, and you guys sort of alluded to it. Like, to me, Scotty Pippen's legacy was, like, amazing. I thought it was, like, pretty damn good, if I'm being honest. Like, he was obviously a Hall of Famer, of course, included in the top 75. And it Dream was, like... Team. Yeah, like, people thought Scotty Pippen... People always talked about, oh, maybe one of the greatest two-way players. You know, have even people going to bat for him saying, yeah, MJ doesn't win all those titles without Scotty Pippen. Like, that's great. And if anything, he's just sort of hurting his legacy with uh, the, some of these petty remarks, I guess, is the best way to call them, or the best uh, way I can put it. So, yeah, it's, it's just strange. But, I don't know. Can I get that book from you, Lee? Uh, sure. I got it. Oh, yeah. you got it. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, good. Uh, next one here. Oh, this is interesting. So last week, Candace Buckner of the Washington Post wrote a column making a case that it's time for NBA coaches to ditch the polos and the quarter zips and get back to wearing suits on the sidelines. So one great line from the article reads, quote, they've been dressing like nobody is watching since the league restarted in July 2020. End quote. Is it time for a fashion intervention? So up or down, task, get us started. Up or down on NBA coaches going back to wearing suits. I love you, Candace Buckner, but no thank you. Oh, no. why? Why? No. First of all, can they not wear a suit if they want to? Are they mm. regulated to wear a polo and a quarter zip? I don't think so. No, I think that's true. I've, they could be wearing suits right now is what you're saying. They've, yes, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So that's the rule isn't, hey, you must wear a league-mandated quarter zip. It must not go past <laughs> your pectoral muscles. That, that's, that's not what's happening here. They don't want you because they're most comfortable in what they're wearing. And I like the uniformity on the bench of five, six coaches all wearing the polos, Mm. the exact same color. It makes sense. And when you come out in mismatched suits, I mean, it's fine. But I don't don't think anybody really, truly cares uh, about... Uh, coaches looking good. I think. I think the well, Candace Buckner cares, and, and Kevin Artovitz cares. I know. I heard him on a podcast saying he she, he agrees with her. But 100%. do they look good? I say nobody cares about them looking good. Do they look good? Eric Bolster saying, looks good in a suit. Yeah, sure. Yeah, he looks fine in a suit. He also looks damn good in a polo. He keeps. He, I, I, th- I I think they look great. I'm not a fan of Greg Popovich. Uh, letting it fly and being untucked, <laughs> tuck it in. But oh, so that's I, where you draw the line. Yeah, yeah that should be a rule. Pull. That should tuck be a rule. In. They're too big. They're far too big. You can't you can't untuck a jersey on the floor because it's way too big. They're extended. They go down to your knees. Same should go for Greg Popovich's polo shirt. Otherwise, I think it's you know it's sort of like Mark Cuban. He shows up into the into the game uh, with with his T-shirt. All these execs in 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 tech are showing up in their standard uniform, which is their black T-shirt. This is, I, I think this is a, a nice um, a, a compromise because, the, no, it's not like they're dressing like no one's watching. I don't think they're dressing in polos when they're chilling on the couch. They're wearing <laughs> a big baggy tee. And so I think this is sort of a balance. This is, I think they look fine. 
Um, but yeah, you tuck like this guy did. Because uh, that jersey, that jersey was way too large, so you tuck that thing in to your oh, pants. Man. Lee Candace Buckner wrote: These are professional adults, well compensated, compensated, serving as the front-facing leaders of major organizations. They should dress like it. Um, agree or disagree? Thumbs up on them going back to suit. Yeah, I knew you were. I'm down. Yeah. I, I'm down. I, I used to be a big suit guy. I absolutely was. But now, when you see them on the sidelines, it's coaches. It's basketball. It's fun. You don't need a suit. You only need a suit if you go into a wedding these days. Uh, so I just don't think so. I think they look much better when they all wearing the same polo shirt or whatever. It's that unity on the side. That's all they need. They don't need suits if they want to wear a suit. Because I don't think you have to wear the polo. Go for it. But I wouldn't make it a law again. I, I would say it looks better. It looks. I mean, in baseball, you know, we know the managers wear the whole the whole uh, get up there. And then in soccer, there are even some dudes like Jose Mourinho. You know, he used to be a very uh, fashionable dude. He'd be wearing the million-dollar suit. But Ian Holloway, who was coaching one of the other teams, he'd be wearing boots on the side and socks and his, uh, and his sweatpants. So... I think uh, I think it looks fine the way they are right now. We don't need suits for basketball. It's just fun. It's entertainment. You're not going out. You know, to, you're not you're not going to someone's wedding. Okay, Trey, what do you think, man? Uh, I'm also down on this. Most other sports, they're not wearing suits. Suits look great, and like Tass is saying, you can wear a suit if you want. If if you're really that concerned about it, throw on a tie. Why not? But uh, if I'm banning anything, I'm banning the quarter zip because I think a long sleeve polo shirt is just very cool looking. I think the Jazz have some of the best looks. Plain black. Same with, uh, I think, I feel like the Suns have the same. Plain black, just like a tiny little logo. Looks pretty classy. Everybody looks the same. But if you want to go suits mode, go for it. Remember when LeBron bought all the Cavs suits with shorts? Try that on for size if sure, you want sure. to Frank Vogel. Okay. Yeah. Well. I think the league is just selling merchandise. Every middle-aged person out there is looking at these coaches thinking, ooh, that's a nice polo. i got to <laughs> put that <laughs> on. Sure, I can't maybe. wait to golf in that polo. They're just yeah. selling I'm sure merch. you can buy all of it. Yeah, I'm sure you can over at the NBA.com store. Okay. <laughs> all right, interesting. I thought somebody would go thumbs up, but they didn't. Everybody's like, nah, keep it cash. Unless you want to wear a suit, like you guys are saying. And that would be fun. I hope some of the coaches, but I have a feeling they got a WhatsApp chat going. And like, uh, you know, Spolster or somebody's like, I-, I might wear a suit on Wednesday night. And they're like, no, don't, don't. You can't. We got to stay in this together. We got to stay cash together. Uh, but I'd like if some of them start doing it, then we can start tracking the records of coaches in suits. Do they get more calls for their team because they look a little more professional? Oh, man. Hopefully that happens. Okay. I remember so- this was a conversation in the NFL like forever ago because they've been wearing, you know, athleisure wear for quite yeah. some time. And then it was like Jack Del Rio and maybe some dude from the 49ers wore suits. And it looked cool because they used to wear suits yeah, in the 1960s. Cool. But even those guys were like, I'm not going to wear a suit all the time. I'm right. just going to wear it once like for a fun time. So maybe when a player or when teams wear their retro jerseys, then coaches should have to wear suits. Oh, yeah, yeah. you have to dress like you're from. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, dress like the era for somewhere. sure. Okay, I like that idea. All right, final one here, just as silly as that one. Former NBA point guard Darren Williams is going to fight ex-NFL running back Frank Gore. Remember him? Uh, in a boxing match on the Jake Paul... Tommy uh, Fury undercard on December 18th in Tampa. So D. Will and Gore, Lee, are going to be making their pro boxing debuts. The bout is uh, contracted for 215 pounds in four rounds. Okay? So my question, 
up or down on celebrity boxing matches, which I think is what we call this. Yeah, <laughs> down. I'm down on it. What? Uh, I don't know who Frank Gore is, by the way. Uh, I know. Who oh, Gore are is. you kidding me? He only ranks uh, third in NFL history with 16,000 rushing yards. Yeah, duh. don't know who he is. But uh, Jared Williams, remember, remember your old mate, uh, your old mate uh, Mike Bibby. He jacked himself up uh, when he retired. So I wonder if Darren sure Williams did. is going down. The same path there. I haven't seen yeah, him Bibby yet, so. uh, used the air pump that Tass was using on the balloons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, and any anytime, anytime uh, the Paul brothers are brought up, uh, I don't want to talk about it. And this is the only Paul brothers I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great joke for some Canadians out there. Oh, wow. <laughs> Paul. Okay, I'm, I'm generally down, but I would watch uh, Paul Brothers fight Cam Stewart. That's oh, yeah. match. <laughs> Honestly, though, you don't want to fight a guy whose last name is Gore. <laughs> Cam Stewart ain't going four rounds, I'll tell you that. It'll be one round. He might hit a haymaker on Paul Brothers. That's what I think happens in this match. Frank Gore... He played for what, like 16, 17 years? That's yep, why he got time. to third. I think he's going to outlast Darren Williams. Well, I, don't, I mean, they both, I guess, have trained for quite a while. Darren Williams yeah. definitely in uh, mixed martial arts, and I'm That's sure true. he can box too a little bit, or otherwise they wouldn't be doing this. Yeah, I don't know who to take on this. Where are we putting our money, Trey? But I mean, <laughs> thumbs up or thumbs down, I guess, is the question on, on these celebrity boxing matches, but specifically Darren Williams getting involved. What do you think? All right, so like I said, generally I'm thumbs down, but yep. then once it rolls around and Paul Brothers is putting out his card, I can't resist <laughs> checking it out. Like okay. I watched, uh, who who did Nate Robinson fight? Did he fight? Which Paul Brothers? Jake, did he Jake fight? Paul. Jake Paul. Yeah, oh, I watched yeah. that one. Not a great performance for Nate Rob. <laughs> no. So yeah, I will probably check in at least to see what Darren Williams is doing here. I know he was a wrestler before he became a basketball player. I think yep. he won like state championships as a wrestler in Texas. I bet they have good wrestling in Texas as well. So at least you think he would be able to fight a little bit. He was, you know, a bigger, stronger guy for a guard. But man, Frank Gore retired like last season. I would, I, that's not a guy I would want to fight personally. It's somebody whose job was getting tackled for 16 years. That's who you want punching you in the face. Not for me. Mm. Okay. Tass, are you going to be watching this, this boxing match on the undercard here? Let's be honest, not a chance. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I take away. Uh, you know, the the last fight actually will probably be decent, but as much as I like Ariel Helwani and him uh, promoting uh, every one of these events, not going to do it. No. Nope. You know, he brings it to my attention, and I think they are getting better. They are less jokey than they have been in the past, but uh, uh, no. No, not not for me. I wonder how many rounds this one is sanctioned for, because a lot of the times four. Yeah. Oh, it's four. You said. So yeah, D. Yeah, Will okay. versus uh, Frank Gore. Four rounds. That's what they're four scheduled to go. And I mean, people are pointing out the stream team. Like I don't know. I don't know if these guys are great boxers, <laughs> but Darren Williams is going to have the uh, reach advantage and the size advantage on Frank Gore, who is as a running back is probably five. What ten? Five nine? Those guys are pretty. Compact and short, and Darren Williams is what six three? Six, yeah, he's bigger. Yeah, I think he was he's a bit bigger a than that. Significant yeah. size difference there. Yeah, uh, we saw what happened to Nate Robinson. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, will I be watching? No, I'll probably just catch the highlights. But good luck to Darren Williams. I mean, as an NBA fan, Lee is a small part of you, at least like 
come on, D-Will, beat the NFL sure. guy, right? Okay. Yeah, of course, of course, because, yeah, the football is the more physical game, so you want the uh, NBA guy to come out on top, obviously, but, uh, you know, I'll wait till I see the tweets coming through about the result. I okay. won't be tuning in. Okay. Uh, excellent stuff. People are very confused still by the Paul Brothers joke. <laughs> the photo of Paul Brothers. Did, did you? I mean, did you want to explain it at all, Lee? For those that have no idea what was going on there. Well, Paul Brothers is our uh, Canadian former colleague. We worked together at the Score. Uh, I think he's in Halifax now on the morning show. There he is. <laughs> yes, that's right. Paul Brothers. He won the very first uh, season of Drafted on uh, on the Score back in two thousand and nine. Right, Brothers, which was a so. show trying to find like the next big sports that's right. broadcaster. That's right. right. Yeah. Canada, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, right. I think I think whenever, you know, there is like one of the brothers is in the uh, news, people just tag at Paul Brothers because there's the two of them. <laughs> oh, it's like the Jokic brothers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and right. He, has to, he has to fend them off and say, that's, you know, this people is my so name. People are so confused. Paul Brothers, it's one guy? Yeah, that's his name. But I can see why you'd be confused by that. Who are it's Jake Paul and who's Logan the other? Paul. Logan, that's yeah. it. That's and Chris Paul. Mm. And Cliff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I would watch that one too. <laughs> Logan and Jake versus Chris and Cliff. Sure, sign Ooh. me up. According uh, to this Pro- is- Ah, no, never mind. Who cares oh. about Frank Gore's nickname? <laughs> uh, Frank Gore's nickname? Well, now yeah, I'm intrigued. Take a guess. It has I mean, a, a bit of a pop culture climate change kind of connection oh, to climate it. Change. Climate change. Uh, the hurricane. The... Yeah, gore. Yeah, there you go, right Lee. Right. There you go. Gore, like gory or something. Um... The Inconvenient Truth. Ah, very oh, good. Yeah. Pretty good nickname. Nice. Gore, Al Gore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking running with the bulls. Like, yeah. You know, uh, something like that. Okay. That's ooh, that's a pretty cool. Not bad, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> I never heard him call it. No that, one but, calls. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. I couldn't believe he was third all time in rushing yards. That that blew Under my mind. Under the radar. Long career. Yeah. It's just a long career. That's what I mean. Obviously, just racked up those what fifteen hundred yards every year that was going on. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me open Pro Football Reference again. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Exactly uh, sixteen thousand yards on the dot, Skeets. Uh, he averaged 133 yards per game, I think. Holy crap. No, yeah, that, heard, that seems I... ridiculous to me. Well, they tell me, yeah. right, Trey, that the Emmett Smith rushing record will never be broken. Oh, yeah. Because sure. it's, uh, you know, it's not, you don't run the ball as much. Don't run the ball as much. You're throwing <laughs> no. it these days. It's all about breaking those passing records. That's right. Right. Uh, he actually um, averaged 66 yards per game. That makes more sense. Maybe. <laughs> Man, I thought basketball reference had a lot of numbers. You look at a football reference page. Oh, go to baseball. Too it's much insane. Too much stuff on there, especially once you get into the MVP voting for baseball. They got leagues. They both got what? Um, I was going to say this could be a fun podcast idea to like come up with a crazy NBA celebrity boxing card, Lee. Mm. And I say that because like someone in the stream team threw out like Shaq versus 20 kids, right? Like we could come up, we get really creative. Like, okay, Jokic yeah. brothers versus the Morris twins, whatever. Right, or yeah, right. maybe Jimmy Butler's in there too. And just come up with like a really unique, like must watch NBA mm. boxing card. I think mm. there, I think there's something there, man. 
Yeah. Start, start, yeah. yeah. You know what? Marcin Gortat, you'd want him out there because... Ah, uh, uh, the hammer. The yeah, Polish and hammer. remember, he, he said he wanted the NHL-style rules for when guys get into it on the basketball court where if you were into it with some guy, everyone stands back and watches and you Let two go. just go at each other. I think I think Gortat's dad used to be a pro boxer or something too. Okay. Nurkic, he'd be a good one too. So yeah, there'd be some dudes who could throw down. Okay. All right. I mean, I mean, some celebrity ah, boxing. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Zellers versus Plumleys. People are saying yes. <laughs> we'll start the night with that. All right. We got to take one more break. When we come back, fun tweet of the night and pick them results. Don't go anywhere. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream Directv satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on Directv with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on Directv makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. Directv has the most MLB games. Visit Directv.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Wouldn't you love to travel without the actual, you know, traveling part? For example, I want to go to Lisbon, let's say. I just snap my fingers, I'm there. No driving to the airport, no flight delays, no fools at security who still don't know that, yes, you need to take your laptop out of your bag and place it in the tray. Oh my God, how long have we been doing this? Travel without traveling. I want it both ways, but that's not possible. It is with Mack Weldon, though. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But this is possible to have it both ways. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got it all. I got the air knit underwear. I got the Ace Collection sweatpants. I've got the Silver Peak polo. Everything fits perfectly. All I get is compliments. Mack Weldon has figured this stuff out. Because performance fabric usually means clothes that look or feel sort of techy or shiny. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of a busy life. They look like regular clothes, which is good. I want regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with the promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. Okay, back with no dunks. Um, yeah, we definitely got to do this podcast that I'm talking about, Lee. The stream team has given us like yeah. a million suggestions for our uh, future NBA boxing card. Ben Simmons versus Daryl Morey. Yeah, hot <laughs> ticket right now. <laughs> uh, and lots of good ones out there. But let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Tweet of the Night comes to us from James Herbert. That's at Outside the NBA. This is from a story in GQ by Michael Pina. He's talking to Kevin Garnett. And James says, this is an all-time parenthetical from Kevin Garnett here. Garnett loves all kinds of movies, but his all-time favorite is Serendipity, the 2001 romantic comedy starring John Cusack and Kate Beckinsale. 
It took me and I never let it go, KG says. Like, that's some shit that I would totally be on, being free-spirited and all that. Every time I watch Serendipity, I feel like I'm watching it for the first time, you know what I'm saying? Even just discussing it, you can't help but get worked up. Each time I'm like, no, get back on the elevator, go, go, like, fuck. <laughs> Kevin Garnett loves 2001's Serendipity. My question to y'all, first one, has anybody seen Serendipity? No, nah. I haven't, but I got to nah. watch it apparently now. Yeah. I'm surprised I haven't seen it because Kate Beckinsale was in it, and that was uh, she was in her prime. I think she's on your years. Kate scale, isn't exactly. she? Exactly. Sure, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So no, I haven't seen it. I watched it uh, when it came out with my college girlfriend. Haven't seen it since. It did not take me the way it did for KG. <laughs> <laughs> but who knows? Now that he's mentioning it, I wonder if this will be like a like it suddenly takes off on Netflix or Amazon Prime. You know, where suddenly mm. Serendipity is a big time movie. All these basketball fools are watching. My second question, however, is what's a totally random movie like this, Serendipity, not a well-remembered movie? What's a random movie you love than most people? I'll start while y'all are thinking about it. For me, it's got to be Rat Race, also a 2001 movie starring Breckenmeyer, Amy Smart, John Cleese, Cuba Gooding Jr., John Lovitz, and Mr. Bean. Just playing a character. He's not playing Mr. Bean. He's Rowan right. Atkinson in this. But uh, a betting-obsessed casino mogul sets up a new kind of gamble in a race for $2 million hidden away in a locker. I saw this as a sneak preview once upon a time, and it's the kind of movie I can't stop thinking about anytime somebody mentions that there's a race. Because Rowan Atkinson has a line where he says, It's a race. I'm winning. <laughs> so I just think about that a lot. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Rat Race still holds up. I don't know if Serendipity holds up. But 2001, what a year for movies. Yeah. What, what do you got, Lee? I, I can hear you typing away over there. No, I wasn't typing away. Maybe I was just breathing. But uh, mine oh, is from 1998. <laughs> uh, it's Bill Paxton, Billy Bob Thornton. And uh, Bridget Fonda, this one called A Simple Plan. I remember just watching this randomly one day in the cinema. And it's about this guy, kind of like just a suburban guy. They don't have a lot of money. And they go out in the woods. It's the middle of winter. And they find a plane that's crashed. And so they go, oh, wow. They go and check it out. And they find all this money, like a bag full of money. It's like a drug dealer's type of uh, thing. Anyway, so then I won't give it away because people might want to watch it. It's actually really good. Uh, They find the money and they're like, what do we do with this money now? Do we keep it or do we, you know, hand it in? And the whole story really unravels because what you think might happen doesn't happen. In fact, it goes the other way. And uh, it's really, it's really a good movie. So uh, go and check it out. Uh, A Simple (laughs) Plan. A Simple Plan. Yeah. Billy Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like the the way you started that story. It was like it sounds like you like thought you were walking into a grocery store or something, and you found yourself in a cinema. <laughs> well, like, oh, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I was with a, a friend of mine, and we had some time to kill, and it was winter, and we were like, uh, "You want to watch a movie? Yeah, let's see what's on." And we were like, oh, "There wasn't much." It was like, ah, "Bill Paxton." I mean, we'd heard of him, <laughs> Billy Bob. It's like Billy Bob. Yeah, all right, let's see what it's all about. <laughs> Two yeah. bills. You liked it? Yeah, it was great. It was. I, I really enjoyed it because it's a thriller. It's gripping. And it's like, oh, it just keeps getting better and better and better. And um, yeah, surprised that that hasn't really taken off because it's a, it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
like a franchise from it? I can't believe there's not. I mean, no, no one, no one I know has ever seen it or even heard of it. No, come on. That's a good poll. Sixty-seven thousand yeah. votes on uh, IMDb, seven point five out of ten ratings. So maybe it's good. That's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ninety-eight. Simple yeah. plan. That's very good. Very good. Just yeah. wait, Lee. It might take off. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Okay, uh, Tass. What do you got? Uh, well, Serendipity, I, I guess, I haven't watched it, but it, it sort of, uh, to me, made me think of Vicky Cristina Barcelona, if you guys have ever seen that. <laughs> yeah. I watched that. I like yeah. that movie. Good yeah, call. that's great. Some yeah. free spirits doing their thing. A three-way love triangle. Yeah. My friend Javier Bardem. Scarlet. Scarlet. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot I saw this. Nice. And who is the, it is good. And L.P. Cruz, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's a Woody fun. Allen classic, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 Oh, there you go. I thought he was canceled. I can't watch it anymore. Mm, yeah, exactly. Uh, what do you got, JD? I hope you're listening. I know you're a big movie guy. What do you got? For me, it's uh, 2006's The Devil Wears Prada. It's Ooh. it's like Goodfellas for me. If it's on, I'm watching it. Like mm. no matter where where it is in the story, and it's just it's it's just got like four of the greats. You got Hathaway. You got Streep. You got Blunt. And then you got Tucci, and they're all just, it's like, they're just chewing scenery. The whole thing is just awesome, man. I love it. Uh, It's one of my guiltiest pleasures. And, uh, you know, and it's about fashion. I don't know nothing about fashion. And it actually is one of those things where it just, probably like Rad is for you, Skeets. It's just, you know, it introduces you to the world of BMX, and f- or fashion, and you're just in that world, and uh, you have a new respect for it, you know. So, True. Uh, I love that uh, movie. I love you got it. I'm s- yeah, I'm scared shitless of Meryl in that movie. She's just oh, such yeah. a such a bully, you know. She's so intimidating. <laughs> she's 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 more like than uh, uh, Michael Meryl uh, Streep versus the Jokic. <laughs> yeah. Don, she's like Don Corleone in that. And it's just like, exactly. but even. Even more of a sort of uh, presence. It's uh, yeah. I feel bad for Anne Hathaway. I'm like, oh man, tough, <laughs> tough <laughs> movie for Annie. She, but she's on a journey, man. She's on yeah. a journey. Uh, yeah, I guess my answer. I I would say the rab, but I always say that. But and I know I've talked about it before too. Along the same lines, is like it just takes you back to your youth. Uh, the Wizard. Mm, I mean, oh, yeah. The Wizard with Fred Savage. Uh, it's and Jenny Lewis. Oh, the crush I had on Jenny Lewis because of the wizard. And it's about video games too. You're a kid. You're into it. Somebody somehow knows, and it's yelling about the warp whistle, even though this game has never even been out. Like, how do they know <laughs> about this hack in Super Mario Brothers Three? No one's quite sure, but uh, a classic uh, '80s kids movie at the very least. Yeah, we got the Power Glove and Rad Racing. Is all oh, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So the Wizard <laughs> would be mine. And uh, you know, Jenny Lewis, what a career she's had. Yeah, what a career. What a, I mean, I don't know if that was her first movie. She's obviously very, very young. Uh, now she's like a very famous, popular singer. So hmm. there you go. I didn't, did you know that, JD? I did not know that. Oh, no. you might like Jenny Lewis. Rilo Kiley. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Hmm. Fun question for everybody out there in the stream team. Seeing a lot of great answers, and uh, let us let us know what you think on Twitter at No Dunks Inc. or in the YouTube comments below. Okay, pick'em results brought to you by BetMGM. We had the Nets Magic game. Nets were favored by nine and a half on the road. A lot of us said, "Come on, the Magic aren't that bad. They're going to keep it close." They got destroyed. So that's a win for Trey because he took the Nets to cover that big one. So he's four and four. I lost. I'm four and four. Tass lost. He's five and three. And Lee lost. 
He's six and two. So what's tonight's game, Tass? Indiana at Utah. Utah favored by nine and a half points. I went with this one because it's a large line. I mm-hmm. thought it would be difficult to pick. And it was. I am comfortable taking the Pacers. So is Skeets and Trey and saxophonist Lee uh, are on the Utah Jazz. I think it's just going to be a close one. I just think that going into Utah, Indy will keep it close. That's what our friend Tony Jones, who wrote at The Athletic, said. He said Indy's always plays a tough game in Utah, so that's the only reason I really picked Indy. Skeets, why did you pick Indiana? They lost last night, <laughs> and uh, you know, wasn't uh, haven't been all that impressed by them. I know we don't talk about them here on the show, but I do think they have some fight in the guys that are out there. So I see them keeping it close, but I would think Utah wins the game. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. I thought the same thing last night, and look what that got us. So who knows? You never know, Lee. You never know, Tass. You never mm-hmm. know, Trey. You never know, JD. You never know, Mike. Or Mick. You never know Sam. You never know FL Warrior. You never know Javante Music. You never know Jose Butter. Yeah. <laughs> you never know DV. Shout out to the stream team there. That was an actual shout out to the stream team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, shout outs are back. Fire yeah. it up. Yeah. Okay, uh, so yeah. good luck. We got two yeah, guys. Three game, a three game sked. Raptors, Ooh, Sixers, Heat Clippers, Pacers Jazz. Yeah, I thought everyone everyone's taking Clippers. That line is surprising. They're only favored by four over the Heat. Jimmy's playing, you know? I know I say only because the Heat have been playing really, really good, so that makes sense that that line is like that, but everyone's taking the Clippers. Everyone's taking the Toronto Raptors. Maybe. I don't know. Oh. Anyways, we got Splitsville <laughs> no, here in Utah. I mean, yeah, a lot of some back-to-back situations for some of these teams uh, tonight. We'll be back tomorrow with the Friday Drop. Only three games on. We might gotta. We might have to get creative, guys, for uh, for a juicy topic there on the drop. So if you guys have an idea, let us know. Again, tweet at us at No Dunks Inc. Email in your thoughts to No Dunks at theAthletic.com. Send in some questions. Maybe we'll hit the beach on Friday's drop podcast. Grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theAthletic.com/slash No Dunks. I did slip this in there. If you want to hear me talk Raptors with the legends Will Lou and Blake Murphy. You can find me today at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sportsnet Fan 590. Just check that out on the Google machine. I'm on the Raptors show with uh, Will Lou. So we'll talk about the Raps' brutal performance in Boston and whether they can bounce back tonight. And then at 4 o'clock today, if you're a Survivor fan, new no buffs. Recapping last night's very fun episode, Heather! Heather's got something to say! Oh, it's Heather's time now. So we'll talk about that. 4 p.m. Eastern, live on No Buffs YouTube channel. Then we flip it around into a podcast on Apple and Spotify. Myself, Trey, JD, and Jason Concepcion from Crooked Media, if you want to hear us talk about Survivor. So there you go. Should be fun. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, four of the acting greats are so good, you can just say them by their last names and their last names only. Streep, Hathaway, Tucci, Blunt. That was fun. Brace the day, people.